We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, 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 here we are again. It is week one, weird, game two. (laughs) That's going to get old so fast. (laughs) I know. That's why I do it. No, no, uh, not you doing it. Oh, the the week zero thing. Weirdness of the whole thing. Yeah. Dumb, but whatever. Not not you, Vince. (laughs) You're good. I'm very sensitive these days. Okay, Brian. All right. So, you'll be fine. We're good to go. Going to Powerade today. Okay, so, good. all right. Uh, but anyway, Notre Dame is two and oh, they did what they needed to do, obviously, today. Sloppy at times, proficient at times. I mean, let's just put it this way I am very happy that this game is over. I am glad their FCS opponent situation is over for now. There is no FCS opponent on the schedule that we are aware of moving forward, and I couldn't be happier about that. So, no major injuries, no issues. We move forward, Brian. And that was the game. I mean, that, that's basically the game for me is they did what they were supposed to do. Didn't look great all the time, obviously. And we'll get into that. But here they are, 2-0. and Yeah. Uh, look, Vince, it, we'll have plenty to say good, bad, and everything in between. That's how we do it. But look, they did what they needed to do, right? My prediction for the game was 62-7. to They won 56-3. to Right. That's three points off. I thought they'd win by 55. They won by 53. And what we got a glimpse of today was Vince is this team is still a work in progress in week two or game two week one. Hey, guess what? They're not perfect. They got stuff they got to work out. And there's some things we saw today that we didn't like and some things we saw today that we really liked. But they handled business. Right. They did what they needed to do. They got the 56 to three win. From what we could tell, they came out of it clean from a from an injury standpoint uh, outside of Devin Ford who went out, but most likely, well, I don't even want to guess. I don't like guessing on injuries, but based on the fact of, of how he got hit, you know, I think we kind of know what happened to him outside of that. Notre Dame came out clean. Right. And yeah. so 56 to three, they're two and zero on the season. You all know how we do it, right? We're going to talk about what we liked, what we didn't like during the show. Uh, if you just want us to say everything was awesome and uh, sing the Lego song, go somewhere else. Uh, if you just want us to rip them um, for, you know, not winning a hundred to three, find somewhere else, right? We're gonna talk about <laughs> all of it. 
But at the end of the day, Vince, Notre Dame in the first two games of the year is 2-0, and they have outscored their opponents 98-6. to So if you're here to complain too much, I don't I, – I don't know what I can say to you, man. They're two and zero, and they've yeah. outscored their opponents ninety-eight to six. Is there right. work to be done? Absolutely, some work to be done. But isn't it a great place to be when you have work to be done and you've outscored your opponents ninety-eight to six, and your quarterback's completing like eighty-five percent of his passes through three games? Right here, here's a here's a crazy stat that Vince and I calculated together. And this is this is going to kind of kill. Let's just dive into the offense, Vince. I mean, yeah. let's, let's just do it, right? I mean, the, I, I thought as a whole, as a team, I thought they came out a little sluggish early. I think mm-hmm. that Devin Ford, what should have been targeting, oh my gosh. woke him up a little bit, in my opinion. Woke him it up woke a little up, bit. It woke up the whole stadium, yeah. and that woke up the team, it exactly. feels like. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, that, there was boo, yeah. like the booing, the the – like the crowd wasn't great to begin with, right? And then it's all NC of a sudden, State, it was sloppy. It, team was sloppy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm not saying that to disparage the crowd because, right? But man, that woke everybody up. Like yes. that woke yes. everybody up. So, yeah. I, as much as I do not want to see Devin Ford get hurt out of the right. deal by any stretch of the imagination, Notre Dame needed a catalyst of some sort to get him kind of. Yeah, and that that was definitely it. Yeah, yeah no doubt. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you look at events offensively, I want to start with the quarterback. This is kind of a wild stat. And again, they've played Navy and Tennessee State. Understand understand that. But this is still insane. Sam Hartman has been on the field for 12 offensive possessions. 12. He has led Notre Dame to 11 touchdowns and a missed field goal in those 12 drives. A very memorable field They goal. went six yeah. out of seven against Navy on touchdowns, missed field goal. And then he was in for five first half possessions today, today, and they scored touchdowns on all five. Now, today, offensively, I mean, that's a great stat. I just needed to get that out there. Cause yeah. like when you and I were talking about that on the way back to the car, I was like, cause you, at first we thought it was like 10 out of 11. And I was like, you know, figured it out it was 11 out of 12. I thought the offense came out real sluggish early 
first two drives, they were just really sloppy, I thought, especially offensive line, which I didn't think had played really all that well today. Uh, you had the negative. You had Audric SMA get hit twice behind the line. You had to get yourself into a third down. You had to convert two third downs in the first series. You had to convert a third down in the second series. You know, it just came out real sloppy. Vince actually grabbed the wrong notebook. Came out real sloppy, but they did what they needed to do because they were efficient. Yeah. Oh, Sam Hart yeah. uh, used his legs to move the chains on third and mm-hmm. five. You know, they got into a third and four, ran a counter play. I like that they ran the ball on that situation. Uh, and, you know, second drive, similar thing. You know, like I'm going to it. You, you second play of the game, uh, Blake misses a block. Audrey gets hit behind the line. It was a four-yard loss, but it should have been worse. You know, Audrey had to kind of bulldoze some dudes to get there. Then the, they go down and kick it, get a field goal on their first drive. Notre Dame's offense doesn't even get a shot to get back on the field after that. And then they come back out of the next possession. They give up a pressure on the first series. Uh, so second and first play, Rocco gives up a pressure. Sam scrambles, gets zero yards. They run for seven yards. Next play, they're facing another third down. Uh, they pick that up with a little quick Z option. I, I thought at first it was a snag to Rico. It ended up just being like a little quick option route out of bunch. And then after that, they got rolled. Yeah. So um, overall, Vince, happy with what I'm seeing. Yeah, no, for sure. And 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 look, we can go and we can nitpick and we can go back to the film. We're going to do that. I mean, we're going to have our upon further review tomorrow night, and we're going to talk about a lot of that stuff, right? And and there were some things that we didn't like, but overall, like the big picture stat that you gave about Sam Hartman and the drives that he's been in charge of, has it been like perfect? Every single time, no. But at the end of the day, he's leading this team down the field to touchdowns. And a good chunk of that is him buying time, him going through his reads, you know, him scrambling, using his legs. I mean, all of those different things. And, I, and I, look, and I'm not saying that, uh, you know, anybody else couldn't have been successful against Tennessee State. That That's not the point that I'm making. It's that, look. What are you trying to do when you get when you take your team out on offense? You're trying to score touchdowns. And at yeah. the end of the day, that's exactly what they do. I mean, look, we don't need to do like the whole premise thing. We all understand it was Tennessee State. I don't care who your competition is. When you leave your when you lead your team into scoring range on all 12 possessions in which you're in the game, your first two games, I don't care who you're playing. That's really impressive. And that's what that's what kind of the first thing stood out to me because here's the thing, Vince, they weren't sharp today offensively. They weren't. I thought they were sluggish up front. I didn't think they moved people the way that they need to move people. I thought the offensive line wasn't sharp. They didn't play as one cohesive unit the way they needed to. I thought the receivers early were really sluggish out off the off the line. They weren't really coming firing off. There just wasn't any urgency on offense early events, right? Like that's what it was to me. But again, you still did what you needed to do. You still went down and handled your business, and that's what that's what we needed to see from this line. And again, there's a lot to clean up, man. There's a lot to clean up. But this team is averaging, you know, what 49 points a game? Something like right? Am I correct on that? 49, 49, 48. I think they scored 98 in two games, right? I think you said nine. They scored 96. So if it's 98, so 49 and 56, right? Am I or uh, 42 and and 56? That's 98, right? I'm just making sure my math is correct. Sure is. So it's 49. So 49 points a game, and there's a lot to clean up, right? I mean, the first team offense has literally gotten in the scoring zone every time they've been on the field. So uh, the that I mean, when you watch Sam today, I thought coming out early events, he was not quite as read and get it out maybe as, as as consistent. I thought he was trying to maybe look downfield a little bit. The, the timing of the routes just wasn't great early. 
he uh he had a mistake on I think it was the third possession of the game. No, it was was it number the fourth possession. So it was their fourth touchdown drive. Let me find it here real quick. Which drive was it? Yeah, it was their fourth touchdown drive. You know, you, you came out. Here's one of the mistakes that I thought he made in the game. No, is that it? Yeah, it was the fourth touchdown drive. So he comes in. It's second and ten. He pulls an RPO when he shouldn't have pulled. And the cornerback baited him. And Sam starts to throw the out, and the cornerback's about to jump it. And it just gave me flashbacks to Marshall last year, right, on that pick six. And Sam got to right here, and he saw it, and he sailed it, like intentionally sailed it. So you're like, mistake to start, but he didn't compound the mistake. Right. There were some plays like that, but, man, some of the other throws he made today where the timing was just where it needed to be. They kept running the scissors concept today. They ran it three times, completed it twice. Should have completed it a third time, but Steve Angeli was late getting it out, so then he got hit. The ball kind of fluttered. Scissors is essentially it's an outside post, and then the inside guy runs sort of a corner or he'll bend it out, so it looks like scissors, right? You know, scissors are kind of cross like that, called scissor con, scissors concept. The post took the safety away both times, and Sam's out. I mean, he if he gets the ball out later, any any later to Chris Tyree Vince, then maybe the defense has time to react to it and maybe tackle him inside the five, right? I mean, it was still a great play. We got it out, got it out to him really quick. He catches the ball, goes in and scores. Then he hit, he hit Jaden Greathouse on it again. I think was that the the two minute drive, Vince, that he hit Greathouse on that, on that other scissors play. Let me see here. Yes, it was the it was right before the, the touchdown. The twenty four yard, yes, the twenty four yard one. Yeah. Yep, to Greathouse later, and then they they ran it, and I think Rico ran it the third time, and Steve Angeli uh, got hit on it, but. Once they once they got rolling, Vince, really by the third series, I thought the skill just kind of took – I mean, really the skill took over from the beginning. That, that's kind of what I felt. They just out-athleted Tennessee State, and they just out they just bullied Tennessee State a little bit. But the, I thought Sam was was really sharp. His his stat line for the game was, uh, was kind of funny. He only played a half. He went 14 of 17 – for 194 yards in the first half and he had two touchdowns uh passing and right. he had completed 82.4 percent of his throws he also had 14 rushing yards and another touchdown that's a pretty good day's work in a half of football Vince. yeah but and that's the thing it's a half of football like yeah i mean it's not as easy as you just double it up and it would be a game but if Sam Hartman wanted to, I mean, he could have ballooned his stats and things would have been nutty, obviously. And it's just not necessary. So uh, I, he was incredibly efficient. I think that's the most important thing. I mean, you know, yes, I believe he did come out a little bit sluggish, not getting the ball out of his hands quite quick enough. But as you mentioned to me when we were in the press box, he's over 80% completion percentage in the first two games. Like, he's kind of the uh, epitome of, uh, of you know, consistency and they're scoring touchdowns big picture-wise, you couldn't have really written up a better script for the first two games overall, right? Not, there's plenty of things that you can nitpick, and that's why the coaches get paid what they do. I mean, they're they're going to go back. They're going to look at the film. They're going to try to clean those things up because next week is obviously the, the skill level of the opponent is going to advance greatly, and it's on the road, all of those things, right? It's the first time we're going to see Sam Hartman in a white jersey. And so, you know, they're going to have to fix some stuff. There's no doubt about it. And they're not going to be able to come out the way they did tonight and be as comfortable as yeah. they were throughout the game. Now, I'm not saying that they you, won't. Like, if, if they blow the first series. You might be putting on series one if you're as sharp 
uh, if you're not right, as sharp, exactly. if you're sharp as you were against. It's not going to lose them the yeah. game, but you still want to come out stronger than that. Yeah. Right. So got to clean some stuff up. I want to talk about some good stuff. I want to continue talking about the stuff we liked first. And for the second straight game, Vince, the Notre Dame running backs just showed that this is an absolutely loaded group. I mean, Dela McCullough's ability to get multiple guys in the field is really impressive. I mean, it is, it is, it's kind of hilarious to be completely honest with you, how, how, how effective they've been at that. I mean, you're talking about Audric Estime gets in in the series. You get, you see Jeremiah Love getting in the game. Uh, Jerome Payne, Jadarian Price, Jer- J- uh, Devin Ford obviously got knocked out early, but just looking at the production from the running backs today was really impressive. I mean, it, it is an incredibly yeah. gifted group. So here, here's the numbers. Audric Estime had a 50, 50 yard run. He had 13 carries for 116 yards. He also caught a pass for seven yards. So he had 14 touches for 123 yards. Jeremiah Love had 46 rushing yards on five carries. He had a 36-yard touchdown run, which he would have scored from 90 if he ran it from the his own 10. I mean, it, like this, it was. A, you know what we didn't talk about, Vince, and, and it'll kind of fit into the backs. We saw a lot of new run game stuff today. We talked yeah. about it during the week. I talked about this on our shows this week, Vince. I said we're going to see some stuff, and pra- we've seen stuff in practice we didn't see against Navy because they didn't need it. We saw that today. We saw Buck Sweep. That was the touchdown run by Jeremiah Love. He made a great read. Really good perimeter blocking, and he just read it perfectly, and then just uses athleticism to make a play. We saw him run later on a G scheme. Uh, just a, it's another pin and pull. The buck sweep is more perimeter oriented, but you're doing it out of a sweep action. The G scheme is similar blocking, but it's more of a pistol downhill type of run, uh, which Notre Dame had on the play. But Jeremiah Love had uh, five carries for 46 yards, and then he had a reception for four, so he had six touches for 50 yards. Jabron Payne had 27 rushing yards on six carries. I thought he wasn't sharp running the ball. I thought he was his didn't make maybe the best decisions running the ball. I thought he rushed some things and 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 the blocking. They were run stunting. Tennessee State was run stunting up the middle a lot in this game, and and Jabron didn't make plays. But what did Jabron do? Two catches for 45 yards and a touchdown. So Jabron Payne has eight carries for let me see do my where did I say 45. So that's 62 yards no no i'm sorry 72 yards 45 plus 27 is 72 right so he has seven care or eight carries for or eight touches for 72 yards and a touchdown and then janarian price only has five rushing yards on two carries but he has two catches for 51 yards and another touchdown so they had runs of 50 so his his total uh production was 56 yards on four touches that's what you did from the running back position today my that's way over 200 yards. I, I know, I, you know, I know my math is a little off, but that's way over 200. That's <laughs> right. probably close to 250 yards of offense from the running backs. Right. You had gain of 50 by estimate. You had a gain of 40. What was it? What was Payne's touchdown? 42 You had a 42 yard touchdown from Payne. You had a 40 yard touchdown from Jadarian price. And you had a 36 yard touchdown run from Jeremiah love. And they all looked good doing it. Like this running back room is is it absurdly good in Tennessee State? No, I, I get all that, but you can see talent. Talent is talent, and this running back room. I actually thought a lot of the run game production, Vince. Notre Dame ran for 220 yards on on 33 carries. I thought a lot of that had as much to do, if not more, to do with just the running backs making plays. Like Audric's 50 yard run, it wasn't an incredibly well blocked run. He was getting hit like three yards down. If he just kept running over dudes and eventually breaks it yeah. free, you know, it's like yeah. I thought he he made a lot. I mean, the the minus four he had, he's getting hit in the backfield and and keeps like stiff arming dudes. And 
you know, I thought the running backs played really well in the run game and pass game. I, I don't know about pass pro. I got to go back and watch the film. But in those two phases of the game, Vince, the, the best position group on the field today from a, just a God-given ability standpoint and then production and maximizing production was the Notre Dame running backs. It is That is a really athletic, special group. And Jeremiah Love and Jadarian Price just play at a speed that really nobody else in the field plays at. I mean, they are – they are explosive. Yeah, I, you know, I with running backs, you know, specifically, and it's a dovetail off what you're talking about, the yak for the running backs. And I'm talking about not yards after catch, yards after contact, because there were numerous times where uh, love, estimate, I mean, they, they were hit for a very short gain. They would run a guy over, spin around a guy, you know, do the, uh, the the three-legged drill, you know, whatever the case may be, just to keep, you know, uh, uh, who was it? Uh, it was uh, Pine, or I mean, excuse me. Um, Pain? Three. Pain. Wow. Mm-hmm. So Payne had a nice move down by the goal line where he would have been down about the 10-yard line and kind of three-legged it all the way down nope. to the five, right? And so all, all of these running backs are doing really, really good things. And then on top of that, they all have good hands. And, and we saw that in the fall during camp. And they and they were very deliberate about throwing the ball to the running backs and getting them touches. And not, not just on swing passes and, um, you, you know, the, the L route, you know, that puts them right behind the linebackers and things like that, and they, or the angle routes. It was down the field stuff. It mm-hmm. was wheels. It was, you know, all kinds of different stuff. We're starting to see some of that now that, mm-hmm. that Notre Dame is playing some traditional teams, right? And so – the sky is so high. The ceiling is so yeah. high for this running back room. Normally when, you know, a different running back comes in or a different guy comes, you're like, okay, you know, whatever, that's fine. There's no drop-off. There, there, yeah. There's no drop-off when a guy comes in for for Estime, who is a really good back all in, you know, in his own right. There's no drop-off, man. And I'm telling you, this running back room is special. This yeah. running back room is special. And, it, and it's going to be – a lot of fun to watch these guys because they could be an X factor because there's a lot of times also when Sam Hartman is scanning the field and he's going through his progressions, his running backs aren't covered, man. And while he's making good reads and he's getting the ball where it needs to go, those guys are going to be making plays in the pass game, man. I thought when I watched Steve Angeli today, I saw he's got the weirdest stat liner. He went eight of 11 for 130 yards and two touchdowns. I didn't think he played great reading the defense he looked like a kid who'd never thrown a pass in a college game before just unwilling to let it go down the field and he did have that one really nice in cut to to mitchell evans but there's just other times vince like he just needs like the scissors route he makes the right read on the scissors throw he just was late getting the ball out that's not surprising for a kid making his first like real action where he's dropping back throwing the ball i'm not not, no issues with what with what steve did today it's just it's a learning process right his escape ability today was really good. I mean, the touchdown run to Jabron Payne or uh, the touchdown pass to Jadarian Price, like I thought he was going to get sacked. He did a really good job spinning yeah, out did. of it and staying up and 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 getting the ball and keeping his eyes downfield. I, I thought he missed a read to Cooper Flanagan on the touchdown to Jabron Payne. That'll be like my – as a coach, I'm going to say, hey, look, you know, it worked out well with the touchdown, but that's because the team we played is not very good. You know, make this read. But, again, he stayed, kept the play alive and he got the ball to the backs. And the point I was going to make was – as a quarterback, that's incredibly comforting 
when you know, like, hey, it's stuff's not there, or you know, I'm 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 getting pressured. If you can just kind of just let me get the ball to my running back and he can go do something with it. I mean, yeah. it's now two games in a row we've seen that. And, and we talked about in fall camp how much they involve the running backs in the pass game. You mentioned that earlier, Vince. We've seen that a ton in the first two games, man. Oh, yeah. You know, I just got the 22-yard gain last week and and we saw some check down throws. And then, of course, today they, they got rolling. I'm actually trying to add it up in my head. They had 96 from those two, 103 from him. And then they had 107 receiving yards today, the backs did. So tons of production from the running backs. Tons of production from the running backs. Actually, I'm going to add up the total the total production. Vince, what did I say? It was 106. So they had 96 there. Uh, Jabron had or Audric had one for seven. Jabron had one for four. Audric had 116 rushing yards. Jeremiah had 46 rushing yards. Jabron had 27, and Jadarian had five. So I think I did the math wrong on that one because there's no way they accounted for 100, uh, 301 yards. Actually, they may they may have. Let me just do this. Again. Oh, they may have. Yes, they did. The running backs today, Vince, accounted for. Th- that's just the starters. The first four. It is actually more right. than that. The the, star, the 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 main rotation running backs account. Actually, if you want to add 304, because Devin Ford had the three-yard game, they had 304 yards today rushing. Then you add nine yards for Skip Vallada and a yard for Sam Asif. They actually, the running back, Notre Dame's running backs accounted for 314. I, oh, I'm sorry. Chase don't forget Ketterer about Chase Ketterer. 318. Yeah. 318. 318 <laughs> yards of offense from the Notre Dame running backs today. Out, out of 557. That's, that's a pretty good day. Yeah, that's special. pretty good day. That's a special day. Yeah. And yes, 100%. And I, the other thing that I really liked about, I'm, I guess I'm going to kind of move off of the the running backs. I want to go back to, you, you were talking about Angeli and talk about Sam Hartman a little bit more. You know, last game, nine different receivers of the football. This game for Sam Hartman, I believe it was 10 in the first half. And then it was good, ended up being 13 overall because Angeli threw to a couple of new guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to talk about spreading the wealth and spreading the ball around, man. Like, I I know it sounds so simple, and I and I get that. So, well, you just throw the, the guy that's open. Well, it's not that simple, okay? Because if it was, all quarterbacks would do it, okay? Ten different receivers in one half of football, Brian? Mm-hmm. I, it's, it is as simple as he's throwing it to the open guy, but my goodness, he's got a lot of options on offense, and I can guarantee you, when he puts his head on the pillow at night, he's like, man, this is fantastic. Like, I have never had this before. You know what I mean? I, he, he's got so many options, whether it's the running back room and, oh, yeah, don't forget, the tight ends can catch. They did very well today when the ball was thrown their direction. And then you've yeah. got all these receivers that are just doing their job. Yeah. And, and you know, and they haven't great. broken out yet. Like, they, you know, they, they haven't looked phenomenal yet. The receivers haven't. You know, Jaden Thomas had almost an identical stat line to what he had in week one. You know, he had four catches for 62 yards, right? I think, wasn't he like four for 63 in the opener? Something I mean, like that, yeah. Actually, yeah, he was. Uh, he would have had so much more if he didn't slip on he, that one I know. play. He was Man. four for 63 today, or yesterday, last week, and he went four for 62 today. You know, Rico had two for 31. One of those came from, from uh, one of those came from Steve Angeli. Uh, Jaden Greatass had two for 30. Chris Tyree caught one for 24, went for a touchdown, really nice route. You know, Tobias had two for five. You know, just the the only complaint I have in the past game is I still we haven't seen them try to push the ball down the field. That 
that's my only complaint. I just there sure. and there were chances today to to really push the ball down the field on just outside opportunities. And so, you know, that'll be part of you know, people. Hey, are, you know, what's one of the questions I had? You know, what we know and don't know about this team. One of the questions I had in the game was like, okay, what's the role for the tight ends? What's funny is we actually didn't see the tight ends get used a whole lot outside of the two minute drill, <laughs> the the, the fifty eight second drill or whatever it was. Yeah, and and that was one of the most that was a thing of beauty. I mean, oh. you throw the little slide route. It, it's they ran a slide. They ran a swing route. Like I, I think it was a swing route to to Jabron Payne on the first play, and then on the very next play, uh, uh, let me let me make sure I sequence this correctly. On the very next play, Vince, they were in a trips to the right with the tight end to the left and the running back to the left, or like in a shotgun to the left, and they ran a corner concept with so the back ran a slide. And since they had just run that play, the flat defender comes down, the corner comes down, and, and Sam reads it perfectly and bangs that um, that corner route to Mitchell Evans. Actually, that was the third play. The second play was the seam route to Mitchell Evans, which was a great ball because the safety's coming over, and he throws it to the backside of Mitchell, turns Mitchell around, which he had to do. And then Mitchell, great awareness of the situation as well, you could see him kind of throttle a little bit and then be ready for that back shoulder. So great job by him. Then the next play, they went back to that running back slide with the corner concept. He hits that corner route. Uh, next play, they run an in cut. Mitchell gets 13. Great ball on that. Like, And Mitchell made a really tough catch. And then they ran the scissors concept to uh, to Jaden Greathouse, got him free, and then he hit Colton Sace on a crossing route for the touchdown. And put it so, right over a defender, right where it needed to be. Nilly Mitchell made a great play on it. I mean, yeah. yeah. And I think we only saw one throw to the tight ends after that. So so that, to me, st- still remains a little bit of a question after two games, Vince. But when the when the, when it was money, when it was money time, they went I mean, it, when the lights were the brightest, is so yeah. to speak, right? When they had to make plays. I mean, you, you talk about the tight ends getting involved, obviously. And then you talk about Sam Hartman's stat line for that one drive, that less than a minute touchdown drive. Six for six, 80 yards, and a touchdown. And it it just, the way he did it, he's just like Joe Cool, man. Like, he mm-hmm. was never stressed. He didn't look like he was rushing. Like, yeah. it was just, did it, boop, did it, boop, yeah, less than a, it, it, less than a minute. It went 80 yeah. yards in less than a minute. Again, <laughs> I know the competition. But, dude. It doesn't matter, man. Because the one thing we said coming to the game is this is actually a decent secondary. Like, they have a couple guys that are could very well transfer to Power 5 schools next year in the secondary. And we said that coming into the game, but dude, they made it look easy yeah. on that two minute drive, Vince. And, and, and you know what? I didn't think the offensive line played great in this game, but they gave him all the time in the world on that drive. Absolutely. Like stepped up and gave him the time he needed on that drive. So that was a, that was a thing of beauty, man. That drive was just a really, really impressive drive. And, and that ended up being his last drive of the day. Like yeah. what a great drive to end on. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like, you just go in the locker room, like, okay, where. Where's the uh, the signal caller jersey? Like I'm good, right? Like, I mean, right. So it's a good way to go out and uh, a, a good way to springboard yourself into the week of preparation for NC State if you're yeah. Sam Hartman. Yeah, and by the way, we are going to do a mailbag after this because this the, we're going to keep the post game breakdown a little bit tighter and then respond to questions that you guys have. So if you have obviously super chats always get preference, but if you have some uh, you have some other questions, go ahead and throw those in there. Vince, offensive line wise, that's going to be something we're going to discuss deeper yeah. into the upon further review tomorrow. So tomorrow night, and then also with the receiver stuff, because there were times I thought guys were getting open, but the one thing I noticed watching the game, and I'm going to go back and watch it, 
guys were kind of getting open, but I just didn't see the urgency I, I need to see from the receivers as a whole. Just coming off the line, just not really showing me the urgency that I need to see. And, and I'm going to break the film down a little bit and and see if if that kind of gets backed up a little bit uh, from from the all 22. But that's something I want to see a little bit more of from that group is just a little bit more. You know, hey, guys, come off that line with a little bit of urgency. OK, that's kind of what I want to see from the receivers. But uh, we'll dive into the offensive line just on the on the breakdown, just from watching it live. Lots, too many missed assignments, not the cohesive unit we saw a week ago. You had a false start in the short, your you're fourth and one. They're going to go for it. Yeah, and you know, that false was start by Pat Coogan. That's disappointing. I, I, I thought Zeke Carell just really didn't move his feet very well today. I didn't think Rocco moved his feet well today. I thought Blake was a little undisciplined today on the left, on the right side. I, I didn't think Pat Coogan played great. Actually, you know, the best push they got all game was when they brought in the second team offensive line on that one scoring drive that they had with Angeli. I thought they came out and moved Tennessee State pretty well with that second group, but not a great day for the offensive line. But again, you know, you went out there and did what you needed to do and, you know, ran for 221 yards and you know, passed for 336 and, you know, it wasn't like, oh, my God, this offense is just going to be unreal all season. Like, it wasn't that kind of day. It right, ju- but right. it did show, like, hey, we have better players than you. We saw Kenny Minchie get in there late. He went two for two for 12 yards. And, and uh, I, mean, I love watching that kid throw the ball during pregame. Like, he he is so pinpoint when he throws the football. It really is fun to watch. But uh, you got I'm a lot of guys in the field. The ball. I'm glad yeah. he got to throw the ball a little bit. Yeah. You, know? you got, yeah, you got a ton good. of dudes on the field because there was guys that got on the field oh, late yeah. that didn't get a chance to play. So A lot of walk-ons, yep. stuff like that, yeah. Yep. Overall, Vince, solid day from the Notre Dame offense, right? Not a great day. Yeah. You showed off your talent. You were a little sloppy. Not great urgency early, but you did what you needed to do. You avoided the big mistakes. There wasn't like um, there wasn't like that play like against Navy last week where you're like, boy, if that safety makes a better better play on that ball, that's a pick six for Hartman. There, they made one great play on the ball, but Hartman saw it, threw it about out of bounds. It wasn't yeah. a threat to turn it over. I thought that was a really underappreciated savvy play for me because that was on the drive to make it twenty eight to three. If he throws a right. pick six there, all of a sudden it's twenty one ten. And I mean, not that Tennessee had any chance to win, but it would have been like, okay, you just would have had more of a taste in your mouth, but it was really, it just showed his savviness, Vince. Like he made a mistake because, Hey guys, Sam Hartman's going to make bad reads. You know who else made Tom Brady 45 last year made bad reads. You know what I mean? Like Peyton Manning made bad reads. Joe Montana made bad reads. It's going to happen, but he didn't compound the bad read with a secondary mistake. He saw it. Ah, shoot. And he threw the ball away, lived to fight another day. And then uh, what I also love, Vince, is on that very next play, third and 10, very next play, he hits that deep end to Jaden Thomas. And I don't know if yeah. you all could see it on the TV, but it was actually kind of funny. It was actually great concentration by Jaden because he actually jumped too soon, and he caught yeah, the he ball com- on his way down. Yes. So so it was actually kind of funny to see, but that was great concentration because when you mistime your jump as a receiver, it can throw off your catch your catching process. But Jaden did a great job. He just snapped. He just went up and snatched it out of the air, made a great play, and moved the chains. But it's just one of those things where Sam doesn't. Again, what you, you're going to make mistakes in a game. You're going to make bad reads. You're going to make bad throws. You're going to miss a block. You're going to drop a pass. You're going to, you know, you're going to miss a read as a running back. The key is don't make mistakes worse. How do you make mistakes worse? Was well, a quarterback? You make the bad read and then force a ball that gets picked off, or 
you thought you make a bad read and then you're mad at yourself you're in your feelings and then that 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 energy leaps yeah, in the next play and then you, yeah you know you make another mistake or oh, shoot i gotta go make a play now and then and then you force a ball where you shouldn't force it showed good poise on the next play and that's what we saw today is even when guys made mistakes they didn't they didn't double it up on the next play they kind of they'd come back on that next play and 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 do what they needed to do and that would that was a another good thing that i saw from today's game vince was they just you just didn't continue building up those those mistakes there's no sense of panic like there yeah. there's no That's sense of panic when when a mistake is made there's no sense well man now i gotta now i gotta make a play you know what i mean it's okay yeah we're good here just get back into the offense do my thing and that's yeah. what they did and it paid off right and and uh, absolutely and i i just feel like brian and maybe i'm reading too much into it but i just feel like the calm demeanor of Sam Hartman, the, 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 Hey man, we got this. Like this, this is not my first rodeo. We got this, everybody. It's just kind of bled off onto the rest of the offense. Like that, that's what it feels like to me. And like, there's a reason that he, that they voted him captain, right? Mm -hmm. Because I, I think his energy in a very positive way has rubbed off on the entire offense. I just don't see that sense of panic because there's a lot of guys that are playing they didn't get a ton of playing time last year, right? From mm-hmm. the wide receiver room or however you want to, you know, the, the running backs, you know, most of those guys were not, you know, guys that they were counting on or played a whole lot last year. Like there's just no sense of panic with anybody on the offensive side of the ball. And I, and I think a lot of that has to do with Sam Hartman. I really do. And I don't want to yeah. give him too much credit, but I do think that's a big part of it. I really do. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Overall, Vince, good day from the offense. Let's talk a little defense. I will say this: what I what I had two big take uh, three big takeaways from today, and we'll dive into each one. But I'm going to just give them out all. Number one, number one, for all my frustration with the defense today, because people are going to say this: they're going to say, "Look, man, you know you can complain about the defense all you want." But they held Tennessee State to 156 yards of offense. And I'm like, good. They they we said they all should. week this is a terrible offense. They ranked in the 100s last year in total offense. This is the team that scored 18 points a game last year at the FCS level, right? You should have held them to 156 yards. There's a lot to clean up. Number two, uh, I thought that Al Golden today, and we'll dive more into this again. I'm just giving my three events, and, and then we'll dive in specifically to them. I, I thought the defense was too cute today. Uh, they didn't turn the defensive line loose early. They they were trying to use them to just kind of eat up blocks and 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 trigger the blitzes. Like let's show everyone how smart I am. But here's the here's the here's the the counter to all that, right? For those frustrations, one thing I liked about the defense today, uh, missed tackles were an issue and all that. But here's what I liked: at no point in time did I think the defense wasn't bringing it physically, right? I didn't think they played well but they played hard. And because they played hard, they actually dominated Tennessee State. Because like the first drive of the game, 
they should have forced a three and out. Thomas Harper had a bad pass interference. That was a good call. I mean, he got there early. Oh yeah. And then you let him go down the field and and get into field goal range, but you buckled down and you know you forced a field goal. Then your second drive on defense is right after the fumble. Tennessee State takes over to, at the with less than like with like was like two minutes left and a half or in the first quarter. And I'm thinking they're about to punch this thing in the end zone and take a 10 to seven lead in the second quarter. And Notre Dame Nation is going to lose its mind. Yeah. It just, and, 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 and rightfully understa- so at that point. And understandably so. A hundred, yep. understandably so. But the defense buckles down. Javante Jean Baptiste has a big first down pressure, forces a throwaway. Uh, Jordan Patelho, uh, but then the next play, Baptiste sets the edge really well, forces a quick cutback. Patelho comes screaming off the backside, blows it up for a zero yard loss. And then Tennessee State made the really dumb decision to try to throw at Benjamin Morrison on third down. Yeah, yeah. So they get the ball to 12-yard line. You force a field goal. Jason Onye blocks it. Like, that's when the game completely turned around for me. And although I, I did not love what I saw from the defense rest of the way, there's missed tackles. But the very next series, they have so, – so, again, bad first series. Force a three and out, block a field goal in a sudden change situation, right? You're on the, they're over there on the bench talking to their coaches. You know what I mean? Because they're getting ready to for the offense to be on the field, and all of a sudden, hey D, get up, get up, get up, you gotta go. Now, fortunately, Devin Ford was down. Oh, goodness gracious, it's gonna sound bad. Fortunately Jeez. for the defense, it took a minute for Devin a little bit for Devin Ford to get off the field. That sounded so bad. You gotta be careful, um, man, because people cut like parts of yes, the video yes, and yes. make it look like things happen that don't. That, <laughs> uh they were able to kind of get the instructions going. Right. But the defense right. faced a sudden change. They buckled down. They forced a field goal. They blocked the field goal. The very next possession, first play, Thomas Harper, who had a big mistake early, comes in, blows up the slot receiver, tackles this bubble screen three yards for a loss. Next play, Howard Cross destroys the guard, gets in the quarterback's face. He throws the ball away. You and I are like, throw away. And then Ramon Henderson comes from like, 25 30 yards away screaming over leaps and makes an interception to turn the ball over and then the offense goes down and scores uh very next series the defense goes three and out riley jalen sneed uh starts the pressure riley mills has the second pressure they force a three and out they punt the ball next thing you know it's 28 to three so we can say whatever we want and then the next drive they they get into field goal range why because the special teams gives up a long return so for all the issues and the complaining I'm seeing about the defense and some of it's valid I did not like the defensive game plan by Al Golden there was way too many missed tackles in this game which is something that's really got to get mixed up they gave they they lost contain way too much early in the game they kept letting the quarterback get out of the pocket they gave the, the too much run on the quarter, too much room in the quarterback runs. And you and I said this during the game, Vince, like, yeah, you stopped it this week, but if that's Brandon Armstrong next week, those are 15, 20 yard gains. So there's stuff to clean up. But the thing I like is they responded well. They got Tennessee State off the field after that first drive. They never really threatened them. They never threatened the defense again. The special teams allowed them to threaten again, but the the, the defense never allowed them to threaten again. And they were disruptive, you know, forced fumbles. Um, you know, it, the interception, the, you know, blocked punt, all those type of things. So I, I, I thought the F. What I liked, Vince, is we saw great effort from the defense. The execution wasn't good. I didn't, I didn't hate the game plan, but I didn't love the game plan. I just thought Al Golden tried to get too cute, but they played hard. They were hitting. They were, they were, you know what I mean. They were getting after. It. And, yeah. and to me, I can live with that because guys, you're not going to play perfect football at all twelve games. 
But if you can give me great effort all 12 games, then eventually the talent rises to the top. And that's what we saw today for, to me from the defense. Well, and, and I will say this is going to sound like a, a, a public service and a PSA for, for Notre Dame, right? But when did the defense just really play, you know, with great emotion and great energy? It was after the no call of the targeting, right? And, and they're in a short field. They're butt up against the student section. The crowd is going bananas, right? And that and they fed off that energy, man. Like the defense fed off the energy in that stadium. And that's what I love about crowds. And that's what I love about football, is especially defensively, is you got you can just feed off that energy and and the stadium gave it to them. And they were able to shut them down that with their backs up against the goal line because of the energy that they were playing with. You know what I mean? And then they kind of used that energy and built on it and all of that. It was awesome. It was awesome. Now, it it took a really crappy play to one of your guys to to do that, which I don't want that to happen. But, man, did they feed off that energy. I got to jump in here, Vince. I am so freaking sick of the targeting penalty in college football. I am so sick of the targeting penalty. How can you not even review the hit on Devin Ford? Not even review it. And, but you're going to kick Thomas Harper out for that play. I am so sick of that. I'm so sick of that rule. And this is exactly why I'm going to get on my soapbox again. This is why targeting should never be an ejection. Correct. Because they they do not know how to apply the rule. It should be pretty simple. Like it should be if there was a maliciousness, if you lower your helmet, like Thomas Harper's trying to keep his face up, but the guy goes low. Once a guy goes low, there shouldn't be targeting. Like Nothing. targeting should be reserved for guys who are, are are straight up or catching a pass or a quarterback or you know a running back to the side where the guy's still running and you come and you hit lead with the crown. But when a guy's going down, so there are so many targeting penalties in college football where a guy is going down. Like you launch and when I launch or when I'm coming at you and I'm start my tackling process, my face is on your numbers. But you keep going down and dip, then my face is going to go right into your helmet. That shouldn't be freaking targeted. If you're going to kick Thomas Carter out or uh, uh, yeah Antonio Carter out for that, then you flat out should have kicked the Tennessee State kid out for that. That was a, a completely bogus call. But I'm going to say this. I'm kind of glad they didn't do it because, to your point, Vince, I thought that got the crowd and that got the team really fired up. That's what I thought. Uh, it did. But no, it totally the fact did. that that wasn't called tar- – and no, for whatever reason, Notre Dame just consistently – gets completely crapped on with targeting penalties. I mean, going back all the way to 2013 when Stephon Tuitt got kicked out of the pit game for that stupid, no, like, tar- shouldn't have been targeting. But I am so sick of that freaking rule. So, and then what was the other penalty? The, the pass interference on Clarence Lewis was a complete crap call. Like, this was – I don't know who officiated this game, but they sucked. And the fact that they didn't even review that hit on Devin Ford, like anytime a guy gets like, that's what happened on the hit with Antonio Carter. Like when they saw the guy down, then they kind of like looked at it like, oh, guy's down. What, what happened? Why didn't they do that on the Devin Ford one? So I just, I'm getting so sick of the targeting penalty. It's like, I understand why they're trying to do it, but they need to, and I don't even, hey, get keep targeting as a penalty, right? Just keep it as a penalty, but stop ejecting people for, you know, for the penalty because unless it's a malicious, like dirty hit and you know, when it, you know when it's malicious. Exactly. It doesn't exactly. take a rocket scientist to know that it's malicious. Unless it's malicious, but that's the, that's already there, Vince. That's a personal foul. You can eject a guy for a dirty play. Like just right now, ejecting, you're out. You don't have to have a, you know what I mean? And so that really pissed me off. 
and and a guy gets hurt on that play, you know, Devin Ford doesn't come back in the game after that. Uh, that really bothered me, man. It really pissed me off that that didn't even get not, it didn't even review it. Right. But then they review the other one and then they decide that that's targeting. Yeah. Like that's that's my biggest thing. Okay. The, the other one was clearly targeting. They didn't review it. I'm like, okay, that's ridiculous. It's BS. It's all of that. Okay. Notre Dame rises above it. They have a great defensive stand, gets the crowd going. Okay. Let's move on. But then a so much less malicious situation takes yeah. place and they decide that's going to be reviewed. Right. And they uphold it right. as targeting. Like right. it, it just it blows my mind. I, I to this day, ever since they put that rule in the way it is in in college, I don't know what targeting is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And I can repeat sad. the rule, but I still don't know what it is. Correct. And, and what you're referring to, Vince, if I'm correct, correct is I know what the rule says, but I don't know what targeting is when I watch the games and That's how it's saying. how it's ruled. I, I have no idea what the rule is. No, no. Right. And I can't tell you how many times we've seen it. And my dad, who, like I said, my dad's an umpire. Like he, he, my dad complains about officials more than anyone on the planet because that's part of what he watches. Cause that's what he did. I mean, he had a passion for it. But we have this back and forth text conversation almost every time there's a target call. Like, dude, how is that not called targeting? Or how is that called targeting? Like, it, it just happens all the time. You're just like, come on, dude. Right. Like, how do you keep getting this so wrong? And when you do get it wrong so much, that's exactly why it doesn't need to be a, an ejection. Like, look, you want to keep targeting, make and like just like a personal foul, you get two personal fouls in the game, you're ejected. That's just the rule. Doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know. It just you know, look, two times you do this, you're out. Okay, cool. But it it just it. I'm just getting so sick of that rule, man. I really am. And 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 it now fortunately, fortunately, that happened to Antonio Carter in the first half. Right, exactly. So he just missed the second half. He'll be back next week. He's not out next week. So that's the which he that's the may not even part. played a whole lot in the second half anyway. Which exactly is you exactly. know what? I, so it's, at the the end of the day, it's the it's day. It's the principle, hundred percent. Because I because it was about a minute and a half left in the first half when it happened. I, I leaned over. I was like, well, right. at least it's still the first half. Like exactly. if, if there's a silver line, if there's a silver lining, if that exists, yeah. at least it's the first half. So, yeah. but yeah, what a bad what. It was just, that yeah. was embarrassing, is what that was. It yeah. was embarrassing. Exactly. So, Vince, what what else did we see from the defense? Defensive line was not turned loose a ton. When they were, they were very disruptive, and they got after I the thought. quarterback. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we saw Jordan Patel dropping into coverage a lot uh, when he was allowed to attack. He was good. Uh, when Riley Mills was allowed to attack, he was good. Howard Cross had a very disruptive game, not just on the interception, yeah. but just a couple other plays. Now, Nana had a little bit of a bounce-back game, I thought, on the edge. We'll have to break down the film and really dive into it. I just kind of felt early on they just weren't getting off blocks on some of those stretch calls. Like, they were just getting, like, two yards, four yards, yeah, five yeah. yards. Like, there wasn't any, like, gash it's, runs. It was too much stalemating, which in, in in a game like this, that's not what you want. You don't want stalemating. Like, offensively, we always talk about resetting the line of scrimmage, you yeah. know, two, three yards down. That's what the defense should be doing to this offensive line to Tennessee State, yep. man. Like Tennessee State's offensive line was not good, and they were gassed pretty early. There was a lot of hands on hips, you know. There's a lot of that going on. You can't stalemate those guys. Yep. You you have to push them back and disrupt what's happening yep. in the backfield, and that wasn't happening enough for my liking. I guess Agreed. is the best way to put it. Agree. Yep, that's fair. I think that's fair. That's that's that was kind of my takeaway from it as well. Linebacker wise. I'm going to have to break down the film again. I didn't get a chance to really key in on the linebackers. I thought that Maris was out of position a couple times to contain. I thought the defensive ends a little bit, but it looked to me like the linebackers were the bigger problem to contain. But I don't want to dive too hard into hammering them for it because 
I just need to go back and watch the film a little bit more. Blitz wise, I mean, they they were. I thought JD was very active in some of those pressures. He had a really nice tackle for loss during the game. Secondary wise, I look the the big issue I had with the secondary was the tackling. That was really my big issue. Cam Hart had some missed tackles. Uh, th- there just was too much of that. Jalen Sneed had a big missed tackle yeah, as a rover. Space. There just was way too much missed tackling in this game. That's my biggest thing. But coverage wise, there just wasn't a lot there for Tennessee State. There was a couple blown coverages early that should have allowed Tennessee State to score a touchdown, but uh, the throw was off. But th- that was th- those were my the, the contain on the quarterback and just the overall playing the quarterback was not great today. Again, they were able to out talent Tennessee State, but I thought from a structural standpoint and a call standpoint, I didn't think they did a great job of handling the quarterback runs. And and of course, like as, as I mentioned before, the the contain on the quarterback, especially early, was uh, on that first drive was was not good. But I mean, overall, they they kind of they cleaned it up for the most part uh, as we kind of got through it and and. Uh, you know, handle their business and do what they needed yeah. to do in the yeah. game. It was just like you said, it was some setting the edge issues, you know, yeah. early. And it was like, come on, like you got to be able to set the edge. And, it, yeah. and some of it was because they were being blocked. And some of it was because it yeah. came downhill a little bit too much. Like it, it yeah. squeezed a little bit too shallow and got outside. They, they were like, playing. It, it just looked, they just looked like they're yeah. a team that playing a team that they know sucks. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. They yeah. they played like a team that, hey, these we know these guys aren't good. And and you don't want to see that, but we talked about during the week. There's a chance we could see that because the film doesn't lie. It, it doesn't. For sure. And but I like you said, they I thought they kind of buckled down a little bit after after the 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 first drive really they they settled down. I mean, you know, Tennessee State had three scoring opportunities. They missed two field goals, but two of those scoring opportunities, the only reason they happened is because of the special teams. Right, you had the fumbled punt re- kick return, and then the long kick return that you allowed. Uh, what was it near the end of the second quarter? Right, it was this. It was right before the two minute drill. Correct, I believe so. I missed yeah. it, and then of course Notre Dame went right down the field that next drive and scored. But that was a little bit of a that was frustrating. To be honest with you, that was a little bit frustrating. But I, a positive is is Tennessee State outside of a couple plays, Tennessee State had nowhere to go with the football day in coverage. No, they have decent receivers. I mean, you know, for that level, but man, Notre Dame's corners were all over. I mean, even the set. I mean, why would you keep throwing to Benjamin Morrison? Number one, like that's just silly. That that third down, that third down, uh, when they after the fumble, um, yeah, and and they were going, they went to Benjamin Morrison. Did you not? I had a flashback to the Clemson game, like when he put that in the air, I was like. Oh, he's going to come down with that. He's going to take it yeah. the other way. Like I, that's what I thought. That's what I <laughs> the thought. The receiver was about actually to did a pretty decent job yeah. battling with him to keep yeah. him from doing that. Exactly. I thought that was a really nice play by the receiver because that ball had no business being thrown. That receiver competed no. pretty hard on that play. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah he because he because Benjamin wanted to jump to jump in front oh. of the guy and the guy battled him pretty good and, yeah. and uh, kept him from from taking off of that thing and really handle their business today. We saw Ryan Barnes get in there and, and he did a nice job of, of, uh, you know, kind of keeping them from getting going. He, they tried to throw at him deep. They tried to throw at Jaden Mickey once, I believe he shut it down. Christian Gray came in there. He was good in coverage. I thought the safety play was okay. You know, nothing great, nothing. It's just, you know, just, just okay. There was, there was one great safety play. Well, we talked about that one okay. already. Yeah, we yeah. talked about that one. That was a phenomenal Woo. play. Uh, but just overall, it's kind of like they were using the safeties as sort of a last line of defense. DJ Brown was okay. Um, Xavier Watts was solid. There wasn't a whole lot of opportunities there. We saw Don Schuler get in the game. 
but man, the corners were just locking Tennessee State guys down, which you'd expect. I mean, they they threw they threw 60, 22 passes, uh, but they only they went eight of twenty two for sixty seven yards in the game. That's it, sixty seven yards passing, and they actually had one. If I remember correctly, Vince, let me pull this up. Then they have like a, yeah, they had a twenty two yard reception on a was it on a screen? What what, remember, what which play was that? They had that twenty two yard gain. It was in the second half. I'm trying to remember when it was. Do you remember when that was, Vince? They had that twenty two yard gain. I'm pretty sure it was the second half when they yeah, had a twenty two yard was... gain. I, I was muted. It was the uh, it was third and six uh, at the. It was very it was over the middle of the field. That's right. Yeah, it was the very yeah. beginning of the third quarter. They were going um, right to left from where we were looking. Yeah, and it was a third down. Yeah, you're right because I thought the I couldn't I thought the safety should have got more depth. They ran a nice little high low. They had a back kind of come under the safe the safety, and then the guy ran behind it. Just somebody that turned it loose. Yeah, that was the 22 yard gain. So a third of their passing yards came on one play. Yes. So yes. yeah, that was um, that was pretty good. Yeah, I, I was happy shabby. with that. Yeah, uh, I was not, not too that. shabby. And it, and uh, you know, some of that had to do with the pressure that was putting on the quarterback. I mean, he no. he was he was. They didn't connect on enough sacks for my liking. I'll, well, I'll be the first one. If the one contain to say that. was better, Vince, I think they would have. That's the thing right. is like there was a lot of good in, when they turned the inside loose. Thought the inside was really good pressure in the quarterback, like really yes, good. Yes, agreed. When they turned it loose, but then they would scram. He would scramble outside, and there would be nobody out there. Right, and they were chasing. That, right, yeah, right, exactly. And then so that 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 forced a few throwaways. It forced a few bad throws. I mean, there there was there was one where, and I, I think it's the one that you're talking about, the 22 yard gain. I, I believe that was a scramble, Brian, and and the guy just kind of sat down in the hole uh, yeah. of the zone, um, and nobody saw him. He, he was turned yeah. loose by Ramon, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. He kind of ran right behind Ramon Henderson, kind of sat in the zone, and it was a scramble situation, found him, boom, for, you know, first down, that kind of a thing. But, yeah, overall, I it was it was a team effort on the, you know, in the passing attack, yeah. uh, which is good. Well, but and, they got to contain we, better. We talked about Clarence Lewis, and 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 like when I t- I'm not even talking about the pick six. That was a stupid throw. That was a terrible throw. And he did a nice job of picking it off and making the guy miss. But I'm outside of that, I thought Clarence played really well. I, I know he got called for pass interference. That was bull crap. I thought, I mean, that guy was had his hands on Clarence as much as Clarence had his hands on him. And the ball, he didn't have his hands on him, I felt, when the ball was being thrown. That was all as they were jockeying for position up the, up the seam. I thought that was a bad call. I thought Clarence in the slot did a pretty good job yeah, today. Agreed. I thought he played well. I did. It, Thomas Harper had that one mistake, but outside of that, I thought he was really good on the perimeter. Yeah, he mm-hmm. blew up that one screen. As his first really like yeah. extended playing time for Notre Dame because yeah. it just didn't call for it last you yeah. know. But they were they were in nickel and dime a decent yeah. chunk today. So yeah, they had Howard Cross down for a breakup. That one pass that Jordan Patelho batted and almost picked off. They gave that to Howard Cross. That was actually Jordan Patelho that made that it, play. It was more like a, a pressure, but not yeah. Because he was there, but it, he didn't knock it down. Yeah, yeah, that was clearly Jordan. Yes, I, I yes, thought Jordan was. had a really good game. And can we just say this? Josh Burnham's really freaking athletic. I mean, that guy yeah. is just that dude. That dude plays at a different speed than kind of everybody else. That guy is really good at football. He yeah. he's going to yeah. be special at Notre Dame, man. He really is. And I thought Junior was better today than he was last week as well. He was a little bit better last week, but. But right now, it's just Bortelho and, and Burnham just played a different speed than everybody else. 
on 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 the uh, you know on the front. And I'll tell you something else, Vince. This is a second game in a row that I really liked what I saw from Javante Jean Baptiste. Yeah, he was he's been rubbed. This I mean his numbers don't look great. He had two three tackles and one quarterback hurry, but it, he just is around the ball a lot. You know, like and just w- whenever it's just kind of has some clutch some clutch pressures. I, I've liked what I've seen from him the first two games. Yeah. I really have. I really have. I thought he's been steady, active he's today as well. Um, yeah. I thought he was good. Aiden Canaana looked good late in the game. So yeah, I was don't. Jason Onye played. I thought played pretty well in this game, uh, including the block kick. But yeah, we saw a lot of dudes play. There. We saw Don Schuler playing. Saw Michael Bell playing. We saw Marty Hour playing. Uh, Tyson Ford got in the game. Preston Zinner got in the game. Brennan Vernon got in the game. I'm gonna have to go watch the film later and kind of break those guys down. But overall. Uh, it was good to get a lot of guys on the field. And first yeah. two games, your, your starters haven't played a ton of snaps. And that's, that's huge, a, considering that's, yeah. you don't have a bye your first eight games. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. You you have to manage it. You have yeah. you have to manage the snap count and, and, and all of those things. I mean, it's just smart, right? And when you have games like this, this is exactly what you should do. It's exactly mm-hmm. what you should do. And, you know, I love the fact that Steve Angeli got to be out there with the ones. I think that was awesome. I mean, how many times were we begging for that the last few years, Brian? It never happened. And they were in, they were put in a position today where they were able to make that yeah. happen. So I thought that was good. You know, uh, so, you know, getting Sam Hartman out of the game, I think, was fantastic. Some people were surprised it was at halftime. And, and maybe to a degree I was too. But, man, you got to be careful. He They will go as far as Sam Hartman will take them. Yeah. And so he can't get hurt. And can you imagine the outcry if he comes out and gets hurt in the Tennessee State game? I was fine with him. I mean, the only reason I wanted him to play him in the second half was for Pat Statting. That's the only justification sure. for playing him in the second half. Because what we have said is we wanted to see a couple of series of Steve Angeli getting work with the first-team offense, and that's exactly yep. what happened in the second half. Is Steve got to run with the first-team offense, and I'm, I'm good with that. I mean, yep. you know, I just you know, I wish to like would have ran through for a little bit more than 197 yards, but it was in a half of football. It was I, in a half, yeah. Like you said, Vince. And then the pass pro wasn't exactly tremendous in this game either, you know, and Steve was running around a, l- a little bit, you know, trying to buy time. I, could you imagine if he has to spin out of a pressure and plants his knee on the turf and, you know, like – Exactly. You know, so – but – uh now nah, it was it was good. I I was happy with what I saw from um you know from from that standpoint getting so many guys in the game. But the thing with the the thing with him Hartman the leap that was the other one. I was like, oh god, please. As please he's in the air, it's like don't get hurt. I mean, did he did a great the, job the, of tucking his helmet. Yeah. Like did, he did everything right. Yeah. But like he goes in the air, and I can guarantee you. Yeah. Marcus Freeman was thinking the exact same thing. Like, yep. okay, all right, good job. All right, good job, guys. All right, here we go. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh did you see um did you see the picture Angela got on that same of that same Hartman touchdown? Awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, she had it. She was there perfectly, man. She was like right on the end zone and she had like right behind the end zone. Like like she was like on the sideline, but like right behind it. So the the gamer, the the, the post game story that Sean Styers did uh is Sam Hartman leaping. So she got a really That's good awesome. shot of that. So yeah, it was a really good photo. And then she's got she had a good one of Jeremiah Love, the touchdown. He was coming right at her. So she had a good shot of that one too. But the the leap, I was like, oh dude, why? Why why are you doing that? <laughs> why are you <laughs> but I actually like that. It's an RPO call or it's a read zone with an RPO kind of thing where if you know you 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 read the handoff and then you had a pull and then you had a tight end 
So it was actually kind of a good play call, Vince. We've seen it before from Notre Dame, but they ran they ran inside zone, they crashed it, and they brought the tight end back. But instead of running the split instead of instead of running the split zone like we saw last week, they had the the tight end Mitchell Evans come backside, but then leak out. With Tennessee State actually read that well, and the linebacker backside ran with him, and but that opened up Sam being run in the end zone. So it was a good call. Tennessee State actually played it relatively well. Like they they read the backside pass and, and handled that well. And then Sam read it read it well. So he had three more touchdowns. But I just let's talk about this real quick. Vince, special teams has got to get on track. They have not looked great yeah. the first two games. They were okay the first game, but you know, you 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 have the miss, you have the uh the you get tackled at the 12 yard line and then fumble, right? So even without the fumble, it's still a you're inside the 15 on a return. Yeah, I mean, you're you're 13, you're 13 yards yeah. in the minus because yeah. if you just fair catch it, you're at the 25, right? Exactly. So, you know, not good. You're, you're trying to get cute in the second half and and just kick it out of bounds, you know. And then it's like three guys come running downfield and they're untouched and they just all run right by the returner. And then he runs for and you're just like, guys, like you know, the blocked punt, blocked blocked field goal was good, but that to me, I've always viewed blocked kicks as like blocked field goals as more of a defensive thing because you just got your defense on the field. You know what I mean? But you know, I guess kudos for that. But the the special teams was not sharp today. Bryce McPherson showed his leg strength by kicking that ball in the end zone, but, but that's it, not what you're you not supposed to kick do. the ball in the end zone. You're, you no. know what I mean? Like, so I just thought the special teams was was just not sharp today. You know, good they made all their extra points. That was fine, but. That's not that. Uh, yeah. 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 I just, I, that, that's going to have to get cleaned up again. First two games and I'm not going to overreact to it. You know, look, first two games, there's a lot to clean up that it's just the problem with special teams is, is when you make a mistake like that on special teams, it's more glaring because sure. oh, it ends sure. up resulting in like a 50 yard right. return. You know what I mean? It's just, just the nature of the, of the, of the deal, but they're going to have to really get that cleaned up. But you know, really what's good to today, Brian. What's that? Matt Salerno's punt returns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What what was his punt return? He had a nice return. What would, he got at least yeah, 15 on that yeah. one. Oh, he, he, got he had two on it. He had yeah. two decent ones uh to yeah. be honest with he you. He had one and... one for one went for 6. Okay. But he made some people miss on it. Yes, he did. Um but yeah, and then they had an 8-yard kick return. One 8-yard kick return. Yeah. So, so I just you know, not yeah. bad. Kicked no. off nine times, seven of them were touchbacks. And on the two that weren't touchback, they gained 76 yards. So it's like, yeah, you got some stuff to work out. You got some stuff to clean up. But again, week two, right? Or game two, you're going to still have some of that stuff. No doubt. This is why you schedule teams like Tennessee State in week two. Coming up back from Ireland, got the long trip back. I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying, like, this is why it's smart to schedule an inferior opponent. I don't, right. again, look, you know my stance on playing an FCS team. It's nothing against Tennessee State. No disrespect. I don't care who it was. I didn't want their name playing FCS team. It Correct. is what it is. I've made it known. But, this is why you play an inferior opponent week two, whether it's this team or Bowling Green or right. somebody like that. This is this is why you play an inferior opponent week two because you can have the you can work out those kinks, and then you know because you play a team like Marshall in week two and you, you you make those mistakes and you get beat, you know, and 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 this way the team can build some momentum and now you've got some film. Hey guys, we got two games worth of film now to work on. Hey, this is what we need to do better, and so overall. Man, fifty-six to three events. They're two and zero, oh, and they've outscored their opponents ninety-eight to six. Yeah, there's. You know what I love, and, and the best part about it is there's a lot of film. The coaches are going to be in the film room tomorrow with the players, saying, "Hey, we got to get better here. Yep. We got to get better here. Got better here." There's a lot of teams in college football, you know, that would love to be in Notre Dame shoes. Maybe not Oregon, 
you know, maybe not Oklahoma, those teams that won like 70-something to seven today. But there's a lot of teams that would love to be in Notre Dame situation where you're you're 2-0, 96, 98-6, and there's a lot of improvement that needs to be made. And now next week is when you, you better make them because your opponent's going to be a lot better. So Absolutely. anything else you'd like to talk about, Vince, before we go to the mailbag uh, as far I, I, as just wrapping we, up today's performance? Hit. I think we hit everything like live that we saw, you know what I mean? And, and a lot of the things that you and I talked about during the game. And, and there's going to be like some that. stuff that we're purposely not talking a lot. We're not talking a lot right. about the offensive line because we gave our initial impression, but we're going to really have to dive into the film and study that. We'll talk about that tomorrow night and upon further review when we have yep. a better chance to really to dive yep. into a little bit. So a- anything else? Feel, nope, I think that's this, it. That's this it. team, you know what I love too, Vince, when they brought in the young players, we just got reminded again of just how talented Notre Dame's freshman and sophomore classes are. Like they're putting Christian Grant in the field. I'm like, why is Ben? I, I literally said this to myself in the fourth quarter. Why is Benjamin Morrison still on the field? That's stupid. Why? This is dumb. Like, why is your All American course on the field? Yeah. And and then I was like, oh no, that's that's Christian Gray. <laughs> <laughs> 29, 20, well, he, nine, twenty, we're nine up. Their body types are yeah. so similar, and Christian is right. just smooth, just like Benjamin is, and he was just locking dudes down like Benjamin does. And I'm like, why is he on the field? Why is Benjamin Morrison still on the field in the fourth quarter? And I was like, whoops, my bad. That was Christian Gray. He looks pretty good. We saw Don Schuler. I thought the Don looked pretty good. Uh, but uh, did you see that little juke that Cla- Clarence Lewis went back to his receiver days on that pick six, man? Did you see that? It was a nice play yeah, because a, he had he had to beat a guy. He was a pretty and, good receiver in high school. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, in, in New Jersey. Yeah, he, was. he did a good job, and he kind of turned yeah. on the afterburners there a little yeah. bit too. I, I, I dug it, man. This this game just – you know what it does, Vince? This game and just what I see from Clarence Lewis today is just further example of why that kid needs to be playing safety. Like, honestly – I'd feel so good about this defense if it was like him and and if Xavier and Ramon and then Clarence with DJ kind of working in in some limited roles and I'd feel so much better about the safety rotation if that yeah. were the case. I really yeah. would. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. It's still a question mark, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. Yeah, maybe tomorrow night. Just yeah, there you maybe. go. Maybe. So that's going to do it for this part of the show. We're going to go to the mailbag next. So if you guys have some questions you want to get in, go ahead and throw those in for us, and Vince and I will answer those. But, you know, look, end of the day, folks, 56-3 to victory for Notre Dame. They're 2-0, and and now they got to get on the road next week again, leaving the comforts of their home stadium again next week to head out down to Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm actually going to be flying out Wednesday night, Vince, after the, the my Wednesday show. I'll be flying down to out to Virginia Beach to go stay with my family for a couple of days before I head down to Raleigh for the game. But uh, it's going to be a fun week, man. So, hey, do us a favor. Before we go to the mailbag, folks, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell, share this podcast.
The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.